Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. David French of the Dispatch, uh, who is a very, very smart fellow, uh, a veteran, uh, attorney, uh, and uh, I I find myself disagreeing with him a significant chunk of the time. But he's one of those guys who is so bright and he builds such a good case. Again, it's good to confront ideas that differ from your own. And in this case, I think he is absolutely 100% correct. And this essay he wrote is so brilliant. Part of me wants to read the entire thing to you. Um, but you'll get the idea after a couple minutes worth. Uh, it, it is one of the best cases I have ever seen in my life of looking at this stuff against affirmative action. Affirmative action, the case before the Supreme Court currently, which I've heard smart people say will have bigger ramifications than the, the, the Roe versus Wade decision, which I don't quite understand. But I think I see their point. I'd have to noodle it through for a little while, but. Yeah, I mean, what percentage of people have an abortion any given year? It's tiny. I mean, it's way too many, in my opinion, but it's it's fairly small. 
Plus, it was just, it was the Supreme Court. I about said just, but it's not just for some of you. But it was the Supreme Court saying it's not guaranteed, but states can do it if they want. Whereas this is, you're not allowed to use race. Right, right. It, it's a violation of your your constitutional yeah. rights. So anyway, back to my comparison. The the percentage of people who get an abortion in any given year is uh, very very small compared to the percentage of people who are of one race or another. It's everybody. Racial discrimination is not the path to racial justice. Why Harvard is wrong, writes David French. And trust me when I tell you, this is going to go brilliantly in directions you're ex- expecting, and also in directions you had no idea it's going to go. Oh, boy. That's what struck me. Uh, the, the Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in the most important case of this term, arguably among the most important of this new century. It will decide whether schools can continue to discriminate on the basis of race and college admissions. He says the Supreme Court should say no. It should say no because the law should compel it to say no. We should cheer that outcome because morality and justice are in harmony with the law. Racial discrimination is in fundamental tension with racial justice, even when racial discrimination is purportedly designed to advance racial justice. To understand the reasons for this position, we have to understand a few realities about American discrimination. Slavery is rightly called America's original sin, but American racial discrimination didn't end when slavery did and hasn't been confined to Americans' black population. For centuries, American law didn't just permit and protect vicious, invidious discrimination. In some jurisdictions, it mandated it. It took 345 years, and he explains what he means, until 1964 when the Civil Rights Act finally comprehensively outlawed racial discrimination in the U.S. to end this dreadful legal inequality. But one can't simply end discrimination by passing laws against discrimination. One way to think about the Civil Rights Act is that it finally gave marginalized communities the tools they needed to seek justice. Or I would jump in, and uh, as uh, Martin Luther King pointed out so eloquently, it's time to cash in this promissory note. You've been promising us rights in the Bill of Rights, the, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, they've come due, way overdue. Getting back to French, for the last 58 years, since 1964, they've been battling back slowly but surely, taking the rightful place in American life. The moral necessity of ameliorating the effects of centuries of discrimination is clear. The method for doing that is not. But here's one principle that should guide our nation's response. The wounds caused by racial discrimination can't be healed by racial discrimination. Then he goes into the fact that the Civil Rights Act of 1964, a law that applies to every educational institution in the United States, that gets any federal funding, is extremely clear. No person in the United States shall, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subject to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. That is unequivocal. Clear enough, right? This is the legal mandate to end programs and practices that discriminate, and he goes into a fair amount of detail. Here's the part that makes his case, it it helps his case go from pretty damn strong to clear. I mean, you either have a principle or you don't to, wait a minute, the people claiming to be uh, using racial discrimination uh, well because they're so honorable and upstanding and their, their motivations are so pure. Yeah, here's where he calls crap on that. So they want to use racial uh, discrimination for for good purposes, right? How has that system worked in practice? As Richard Collenberg argued last week in The Atlantic, universities are keeping a dirty secret. Racial preferences, quote, provide cover for an admission system that mostly benefits the wealthy. 
In other words, the universities preserve a long-standing status quo that privileges those individuals, legacy admittees, children of donors, etc., who preserve the university's wealth and power while using race preferences as a blunt instrument to render universities diverse along racial lines only. Here's how the system works. Yeah, I just came across this argument yesterday, and I'd never thought about it or heard it before, but it makes perfectly good sense. Here's how it works. Elite universities attempt to accomplish multiple goals at the same time. They want to maintain the community and financial benefits of legacy admissions and donor favoritism. They also want to maintain the high-class GPA and SAT scores that are the foundation of college rankings. Those poisonous college rankings. And they want their incoming classes to look like America. Yeah, whatever. Right. The, res- the result, especially in elite academic circles, is per- is extraordinarily pernicious. I need to use the word pernicious more. It means evil, more or less. Favoritism for legacy admittees and donors' kids can result in classes that are both disproportionately wealthy and drawn from a relatively small ideological and religious slice of American life. Yet race consciousness creates clear academic double standards on the basis of race alone. Harvard's practices are particularly egregious. And that's one of the, the schools involved in the suit, the other one being the University of North Carolina. As Students for Fair Admission noted in their Supreme Court brief, Harvard's racial preferences are enormous. In absolute terms, race is determinative for at least 45% of all admitted African-American and Hispanic applicants, or nearly 1,000 students over a four-year period. But their affirmative action plan didn't involve merely boosting black and Hispanic applicants. To get the numbers Harvard wanted, it had to penalize another racial group, Asians. And their method was deeply disturbing. It systematically downranked Asian American applicants' personal ratings. And here's the uh, the group final suit again. Asian American applicants should be admitted at a higher rate than whites. They are substantially stronger than white applicants on nearly every measure of academic achievement, including SAT scores, GPA, the academic rating. They perform better on the extracurricular rating and on alumni interviews. And they perform similarly on nearly every other rating that matters. And there's a good deal of detail. Yet non-Asian applicants were admitted at the same rate as non uh, white applicants, uh, that's the legacy donor type people. The reason is the personal rating. And we talked about this yesterday at the, and uh, long story short is in ways that are never explained and never need to be explained. Oh, look at that. A large chunk of the Asian kids are zeros personality wise. They're boring. Nobody wants to talk to them. They lack the qualities of the Harvard man, the Harvard woman. And so they eliminate tons of Asian kids who've busted their ass so they can admit the legacies and the donors and a few black people. And they have the cover of well, we don't ad- admit based on race. Uh, we use the totality of the students, uh, you know, being to let them in. You have to let us do that so we can keep diversity. So it's it becomes uh, a a cover, you know, a thick black curtain behind which they can do whatever the hell they want, and what they want is to rake in the cash. Yeah, so I, I was uh, hearing about this from a different source yesterday, and it um, it reminded me of hearing Larry Summers. He's the economic guy under Obama. He was president of Harvard for a while, and I remember him talking about when he was president of Harvard, he was sitting in his office one time looking out the window and thinking, after all of these years of racial preferences to try to have a more diverse student body, why am I looking out my window and seeing an almost entirely white campus? And it's because of 
It's all the legacy donor types. That's what it is. It's all Mm -hmm. the privileged white kids that get in because of who their parents are. That's what's dominating the discussion. But they keep around the whole affirmative action thing as cover for that, which I had never heard before. Yeah, and I like what David French says about the downgrading the Asians. Uh, These personal qualities have nothing to do with race. Asian Americans received by far the worst scores, nor are those scores an innocent coincidence. The district court found, quote, a statistically significant negative relationship between Asian American identity and the personal rating assigned by Harvard admission officers. Think of how this works in real life. Um, you've worked your entire life to get into your dream school. You know that gaining a mission helps guarantee an extraordinary amount of economic opportunity and cultural prestige, but you're stymied, not because of your test scores, your extracurriculars, or any other objective measurement. Instead, like your other Asian classmates, you're deemed to lack courage or kindness. The assignment of negative personal characteristics on the basis of race is what invidious discrimination looks like. It's what the Civil Rights Act was designed to combat. Right, and and I just wish more people realized that this isn't about letting in. Uh, doing away with affirmative action is is going to lead to fewer white kids that shouldn't be there, not more. You would think, and you know, the, the, so the main points are number one: these. These methods, these practices, oh my, we're running late, um, are not the, the honorable, equity, you know, beautiful quest for, for equality. They're not that at all. Um, and the second thing is, um, and this is the main point to me, and, and I made it yesterday, but I'll make it again. The idea that you solve the problem of the lack of achievement of black American kids at the level of Harvard and the University of North Carolina is obscenely stupid. You do it in the kindergartens, in the grade schools. You do it in the homes. Why the underachieving? The legacy of slavery? Okay, even if I concede that, you don't attack it when they're 18 and they're applying for Harvard. Well, and how is being racist against Asians going to help anything? Right. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So uh, it was funny. Uh, last week, I think it was, beginning of this week, come to think of it, I was stressed about a couple of different things. And it was kind of building up. And um, and I noticed Baxter, my dog, was acting really weird. And he was like, I mean, his nickname is Mr. Underfoot. Mm. But he was really underfoot. I mean, I couldn't go from room to room with him without him following. I thought that was interesting. Uh, then I come across this uh, article. Your dog's nose knows if you're feeling stressed out. Long widely been believed that dogs can detect extreme emotions by smell. Now scientists at Queen's University Belfast in the UK have proven that a dog's nose is accurate. Acute stress changes, uh, I'm sorry, acute stress changes the compounds found in human sweat and breath, according to research. Uh, and So they did an experiment with dogs who are presented with uh, samples collected from human volunteers um, who are under stress, and the canines were able to detect with greater than 90% accuracy which samples came from before and which came from after the 36 human volunteers who are under stress. 
I, I don't know if I've noticed it with me, but I've certainly noticed that my kids, my kids are hurt or upset or whatever. The dogs always come over to them more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here's how they caused stress in the humans. <laughs> they did not leap out from behind the back of doors nor uh, send angry chimps in their direction. So you don't wait till you come across a stressed person. You have to create stress in the person for the experiment. Okay. Right, yeah, in these psychological laboratories, I've told the story many times, back in my college days, a fellow could make a quick 5 to $10 for volunteering in a, a psych department psychology experiment. You'd be there for half an hour, an hour, or something like that. You'd fill in their little diagram, or you'd uh, whatever, and they'd tell you it was about one thing, then at the end they'd tell you it actually wasn't about that, it was about this. You'd think, okay, great, give me my $10. <laughs> I want to go squander it. It'd be easy to do with me, just walk in and say, hey, where's the paperwork for the title for your home or any anything else like that? Oh, I mean, oh, jeez, I don't know. <laughs> but here's how they put the volunteers under stress. And this was enough stress that the hounds were over 90% accurate. They had them spend three minutes trying to count backward aloud from 9,000 in units of 17. Well, come on. <laughs> wow, that's a tough one. 9,000, then 8,983. 8,900. I'm already stressed. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, so, yeah, it, what's not clear is if the dog feels empathy, per se, because um, the dog seemed kind of excited and happy that they'd found what they were looking for, but they were getting rewarded. Yeah, for I know. It, so it's, it's hard. They're worried because you're stressed out that you're going to forget to feed them. That's what's right, going so on there. there to remind you, yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Then, uh, is that what I mean? Where is that? Oh, um, the uh, folks involved in the study compared it to dogs who can smell cancer by picking out breath samples in a lineup, which is incredibly that effective. Is... Uh, they can also smell seizures coming, from what I understand, oh. at times. Um, a therapy cat, Oscar, something for you cat lovers. It's an inferior pet, but here's something for you. <laughs> I, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm not. Oh, boy. Cats are lovely companions. A therapy cat, Oscar, is thought by some to have sensed death was coming based on ch- a change in how people smelled when they were close to death. Uh, Oscar the cat, as I recall, was at a, a hospice or something. And if he came to your bedside, it was like, call the family. Because Oscar knew. Wow. That's something. I wonder when I had cancer, because I had, had four dogs, I think, at the time. I, you know. I never thought about it, but I wonder if they did anything different during the before I knew about it. Hmm. I don't know about that. I'm trying to come up with a nickname for the cat. I the think, Grim Meower? Or, uh, <laughs> I think my dogs got together and discussed who was going to get which of my possessions if I didn't make it. Wow. Or who got the first shot at eating you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All bets are off, all right? That is Listen, something. Jack was a good guy. We all enjoyed getting treats from him and walking sometimes, but... We are going to eat them, or we agreed on that. But I have yeah, seen, absolutely. I've seen many times, and it's awesome uh, when my kids have been upset and the dog runs over and you know cuddles up against them. It's fantastic. Yeah, the the scientists here say, do they care? Uh, presumably, they do. They're responding to it in a way. Nah, I would say as a practically lifelong dog owner, yeah, they care. You're part of their pack. Mm. They know that something is amiss in the pack, so they join with you and let you know, I literally, I got your back. Anybody comes at you, I'll bite them. Interesting. Yeah. Which is sweet. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Point of personal privilege. Don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I mean, there is FCC scrutiny of ownership of news organizations. Right. When it comes to social media and a company like TikTok, it's owned by a Chinese firm. An increasing number of Americans are relying on it for actual news, not just tweeting about themselves, but actual news. Is this a risk? As more people use these platforms, as they get more information, as they're shifting away from traditional media that we're all used to, the intelligence services of our adversary are seeing the shift as well. And so it's not necessarily specifically about TikTok. It's all platforms and it's all avenues. That's on Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan uh, talking to Chris Krebs, who's the former director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Uh, first of all, Margaret, you don't tweet a TikTok. <laughs> That's like posting a Facebook tweet. Anyway. Which is kind of interesting because I don't know how old she She looks like she's 40 to me. Um, so even like a 40-year-old is not hip to what the younger crowd is doing. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for getting their news. So here you got the 40-year-old host of Face the Nation who's out of touch with where, where most people are getting their news from TikTok. Right. And then this guy's explaining how it's our, our enemies who realize these idiots are getting their news from TikTok. Well, let's try to influence that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he gets uh, more specific about the TikTok risk. But TikTok uh, represents uh, a specific risk, and and a a colleague of mine wrote a paper, Dakota Carey wrote a paper for CyberScoop, talking about how it's not necessarily the data security challenges, it's that the Chinese Communist Party may have the ability through the parent company of TikTok to actually shape narratives, suppress, lift, shape what we see on a daily basis. And it doesn't have to be everything you see all the time. Mm -hmm. It can just be enough. It can just be enough, a little bit. I guarantee you that's happening with Xi Jinping becoming the king of China, essentially, this past weekend. And the whole of society uh, effort at war. Don't trust China! I don't, sir. You know, I sometimes wonder if... I don't don't think the authoritarian systems are better in any way, but they might be right that we are just decadent. Your democracies are decadent. Because just a bunch of idiots stumbling around... Taking drugs, gambling, getting our getting entertainment wherever we can get it. Screeching at each other, our supposed democratic politics is screeching at each other like you know two warring tribes, not making any sense. Closing our schools just because the orange guy said they ought to be open. Just idiotic politics. More interested in sports or Kardashians than we are in what's actually going on. So easily manipulated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's not a vote in favor. No. But, uh, anyway, uh, oh, that's, you know, this is kind of, I'm not sure if this is on the topic. It's short. Play 62, Michael. And I think about what happens if, uh, if, the, if the Chinese invade Taiwan. What happens in the run-up to the 24 election if, if they're not happy with some of the more, uh, you know, the stronger right. stance that this administration is taking in China? It, there are a significant amount of risk exposure we have here. And- uh, and I don't know if he's talking about it there, but the ability to influence younger people on TikTok about that issue, sure. Yeah, yeah. That is troubling. You know, and, and speaking of TikTok, the Washington Post had a really interesting feature. It's kind of long. I'll hit you with some of it, but um, about TikTok stardom going viral on it intentionally. Um, not like the crazy lady climbing the wall that we featured the other day, that charming uh, young gal with the voice like a... Like a nightingale, do we have her? I'm gonna cut it down and have to blow it for damn place! You damn uh, b- son of a bitch! I'd love to hear her sing an aria <laughs> some, some Saturday night. Wouldn't that be lovely? Uh, anyway, we're all whisper sweet nothings in your ear. <laughs> I love you! Ah, you ain't never heard together, man! <laughs> I want to roll in the hay! <laughs> I'm feeling naughty, are you? <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, der. I'm afraid I can't perform. (laughs) It's hard for me to get ready when I'm terrified. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Kiss me! Kiss me! Oh, jeez. All right. Where was I? Ah, but TikTok viral kids. Oh, speaking of decadence in society. And poll after poll shows this. The one thing young people want more than anything else is to be famous. Mm, Which is... I had this conversation with my 10-year-old yesterday. 
convinced he's going to be a YouTube star. That, that's what he wants to put his time into. Just, oh, boy. Anyway. Well, ev- everybody wants to be famous, and it's amazing because virtually anybody who is will tell you, you don't want to be that. Yeah, what, boy, there's a good point. I, even, I didn't even bring up that angle of it. Not only the unlikelihood of it happening, if it does happen, ask Matthew Perry, ask lots of different people. Oh, yeah. Uh, even if it does happen, it's not, not, not the best thing to have happen to you. Yeah, and, and while, you know, we appreciate very much folks who listen to the show, and I met dozens and dozens and dozens of people who, who are fans of the show on Friday night doing a special event. Um, if you're like, actually famous and the attention of the world is upon you i can't even imagine how awful that would be oh my god no it it would be terrible just because you become a lightning rod for so much anger and craziness and sometimes affection that's out of control well and and gosh young women you deal with something i've never really had to deal with at all people who uh, aren't just fans of your work but they want to have sex with you very much, and they're crazy. Well, then the attention people pay to your kids and everything. Ugh. Well, and then, you know, not to go too far down this road, but, uh, yeah, that's a good one. But, um, and many people have fallen for this, you start to tie your self-worth to your fame or whether you're getting the great reviews and, and, and the adoration of the crowds and the rest of it. And when that goes away, it's, you know, like having your soul yanked out. So that's not healthy either. Anyway, uh, Washington Post with a really interesting piece. Sorry you went viral. TikTok's explosive stardom has created a new kind of celebrity, but nothing goes viral like rage. Mm. And they're talking about this 21-year-old anime and gaming fan in London uh, made making money on TikTok the centerpiece of her life. She devoted every night and weekend to making videos, optimized her room and eye-catching pink, hired a management team to handle her video branding deals and bookkeeping, even though she still lived at home. Now is the 9 million follower Nintendo.girl. She is one of the app's biggest successes, and she feels like she's achieved a creative dream. But competing for attention, she said, can often feel like working a shift that never ends. And winning it can feel even worse, since her most viral videos also bring on the heaviest flood of hateful insults and sexist trolls. She has woken up in the middle of the night to check her phone, and after some videos has refused to sleep, feeling too anxious about the response. Yeah. There's this power TikTok has, she says. It's just so, so popular, and that can be a scary thing. You have to constantly be fighting against other content creators to be seen. You don't realize the impact of having so many eyes on you. Those people who've chosen not to like you, they're going to see you right there on the screen, and nothing you do is going to make a difference. You've got to learn to deal with the hate. So, it's funny, I just watched a video last night by Mr. Beast, who I've mentioned before. He's one of the biggest YouTube stars in the world. He's number five or something like that. And uh, he had a video out where he's talk- he was talking about how most people don't understand how much, how long I've been at this and how much effort I put into it. But I started when I was 12, and he said, I poured my life into this every day from age 12, 13, 14, 15, nothing, 16, 17, nothing. Wondering if I was just wasting my time and my parents were right. 18, started to catch on a little bit, exploded at 19, 20. Now he's, he's a gazillionaire. I mean, wow. And his... Every video he puts out gets 90 million views, um, or something like that. I mean, there, there, there are no TV shows on the air right now that can touch Mr. Beast in wow. terms of exposure, but he's a one in a gazillion. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, But he's the one that makes people like that woman or my son think that they can be that also. Yeah, yeah. Then they go into some <clears throat> detail about the bigger your video hits, the more hate and mean-spirited and rape threats and the mm-hmm. rest that you get. Says this associate professor at the University of Colorado at Boulder. The phrase people use is getting on the wrong side of TikTok. One person told me, I wish I could just stop my videos at 30,000 views. Then they go into how cruel and the commenters can be. Um, some have received death threats for supporting abortion, making cheesy videos, or selling expensive chocolate bars. Death threats for selling chocolate bars. Yeah. But it's TikTok's collaborative video tools that have really made it hate comments come to life. Said this 33-year-old who posts about gay issues to his 5 million followers, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then just, uh, there's the hollowness of it to me, but I don't know. People make their own choices, but I just, this is all evolving so quickly. You I, just wonder what sort of, you know, staying power is going to have. I guarantee if this had been going on when I was 16, it'd be the only thing on my mind every single day. How do I find a niche on YouTube or TikTok or something like that? Because there's never been a, a a gold rush like this. If you can come up with an idea, you don't need anything other than an idea and a computer and, you know, Internet hookup. You can come up with the right idea. Brandon Conway, 22, was lying in bed one night this summer at his family's cattle farm outside Athens, Georgia, when he posted his first TikTok, showing him singing Michael Jackson in a karaoke bar parking lot. Within a day, the video had soared past 9 million views. He'd gained 170,000 followers, and he started dreaming of a life beyond his DJ shift at a local Italian grill. <laughs> Why dream beyond that? <laughs> You're playing music at the Olive Garden. You're already living a dream. I just want to be the next person to make it big, he said. Yeah. That's not good that we got uh, so many young people that are thinking that way. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Mr. Beast had a good one the other day. I think it was a $100,000 rock, paper, scissors with the rock. (laughs) Wow. And then you come up with that idea, and he gets so many views, he can pay for the idea. Right. Which is the way it works. That is funny, and I have seen some really, really funny stuff on there. Um, We got a bunch of things on the way. The the main thing is so. Would you? Was your takeaway from the? I didn't see the thing on Face the Nation about TikTok. I was thinking about putting it on my phone because it's so influential and huge right now. Is it a bad idea to have TikTok on your phone? I think you can have it on there for a while and delete it. Although who knows? The Chinese may have designed some sort of backdoor worm that crawls up in your phone and stays Boy, there. I don't, don't trust the, China. I don't want the old backdoor Chinese worm. I'll oh, tell you that. Oh, oh, oh boy. That's one thing you don't want. I think you're uncomfortable now. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Sure, that's suffered depression. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hello. Yes, sir. Okay. I appreciate it very much. All right, have a good one. You do the same. Hey! Hey, my car. Hey, my car. Where did you stole my car? Where was it at? I'm 911 right now. My phone's in my damn car. Did y'all see the gun? Let me grab my phone. He stole his car. So that's a guy. Drama got in his, real life. So that's a guy got his car stolen while uh, delivering a pizza. My 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 first question with lots of these things is who was recording it? Does everything just get recorded now? Who's recording it? A lot of this is the uh, doorbell cameras. Doorbell cameras. So oh, yeah. as soon as we get to everybody's got a doorbell camera and everybody has a car with cameras in it, like my car has, everything will be recorded all the time, everywhere. Which is going to be a weird way to live. I mean, it's already getting weird. Anything that happens anywhere is being recorded. <laughs> wow. That's a weird world. No kidding. Came across this story. I haven't actually read it, but how do I tell, tell my child I can't afford what they want? Say we can't afford that. Seems pretty simple to me. It's the way my parents 
handled it. They said that's too expensive. Or, or I, as I often tell my kids, no, I can afford it. You know, it's, it's, it's not the money thing. I just don't want you to have that. <laughs> I don't want you to right. have that now. Or you've got mm-hmm. enough of this. That sort of thing. Right. Or the famous, I have money. You don't have money. <laughs> right. Right. Now, you might want me to spend my money on that, but I don't want to. I, you know, I regular, regularly break out my inflation calculator. I have a, a, an inflation calculator app on my phone, and man, it comes in handy a lot. I'll tell you, but I break it out regularly when I'm trying to determine whether or not my kids should have like this much money or buy something that costs this much. Cause I, I still have in my head the amounts from when I was a kid. And so if I put it in the inflation calculator and see what $10 was in 1975 now, a lot of times I think, okay. My parents would have made a big deal out of that, so I shouldn't make a big mm-hmm. deal out of this because I'm still thinking about. I haven't, yeah, I haven't adjusted. I haven't adjusted for today, and sometimes I'm just way off track. I'm way too stingy. My my youngest, the ten year old, he is on a recent bent of wanting to spend all his money. I want to have all my money gone. I want to. He says. He says by the time I get out of high school, I don't want to have any money. I don't know. He's on this weird kick. I wow, want to. I want to start completely clean on my own and earn my own money. Oh, so yeah. Hmm. Well, so th- I like the impulse, all right, but I'm just not sure the the method makes that much sense. Uh, no, I, it, it betrays perhaps a ten year old's view of finance, but that's <laughs> healthy and normal. Yeah, you should have that as a ten year old or some something that's, in that range. That's why there are comparatively few preteen financial advisors, for instance. <laughs> I was talking to mine, who's a full grown-up yesterday, financial advisor, not a preteen, and um, uh, he was t- talking about you know getting every all the ducks in a row for the coming wave of audits that he thinks is going to happen with hiring the eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents. God, I hope. Ooh, wow! I got to make a call myself. God, I'm overcome with. I've been paper- doing some stuff that's uh, <laughs> stretching it. I'm overcome with paperwork and crap now. I can't imagine an audit falling down upon my head. I suppose it'd just be a you, you, you call a, your tax person or tax or tax people. You might need multiple people in this one. Say, do it and tell me how much it cost me at the end. I don't want to freaking hear another word about it. Yeah, boy. As you know, I've been staging. Uh, well, it's an all cash business. I've been staging panda fights and uh, then laundering the money through my taco truck. And I don't even know how to make a taco. All in 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 uh, cryptocurrency, though. Right. So oh, it's yeah. all cryptocurrency to say. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a cover charge to get into the panda fights. Then, obviously, you bet on the fights. But in crypto. In crypto. And I get the VIG <laughs> in crypto. And then launder it through my taco truck. <laughs> so, yeah, I probably ought to get in touch with my accountant. What are you? We probably don't have time for this because it came up earlier in the show and I almost jumped into the, the tangent. How, what are our feelings about food trucks? I'm, I have mixed feelings about food trucks. On one hand, they're delicious. And there's one right there. And I can eat from it, and it's so easy. But on the other hand, I always look around at the nearby restaurants and think, man, you are getting screwed. You bought that building or pay the rent and all the insurance and everything that goes with it, and this guy just pulled up on the street and is selling food. Some of your customers are going there just because it's so freaking convenient. I just think it's an innovation. 
and usually an innovation leaves somebody behind, and that the brick-and-mortar restaurant owners are probably pushing pretty hard for their uh, the weight of regulation and, and fees and permits and the rest of it to be lightened so that they can compete, and I hope they get their wish. Or will we move toward a world where uh, restaurants can't make it, don't make it, just like Amazon came along, brick-and-mortar stores went away, bookstores went away because you buy on Amazon. That's not fair either, but that's what happened. Uh, is every street just, there's just food trucks everywhere. And it kind of rotates with the whims of what people are into eating this time of year or what's popular now. And, uh, and restaurants kind of go away. More empty retail space. But there's, I came by, I went by one the other way and there's no way that he's like permitted or anything like that. He was just parked in like this alley of a street selling hand pies. Oh, hand pie, hand pie. What do you say? And, uh, <laughs> Wait, what, 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 what's, what's a hand pie? That's a hot, the hot new thing is hand is it, pies. Cause an apple pie is filled with apple. A cherry pie is filled with cherries. I can only presume a hand pie. It's gruesome. Is the disembodied <laughs> hands of this guy's victim. It is gruesome when you have to have a, you know, a, a flavor for, for, for flesh to enjoy it. But, <laughs> oh, no, wow. hand pies are just, they're just pies, obviously, and they're crafted in such a way that, they're basically like what McDonald's has been selling, hot apple pies, caution filling may be hot, for many, oh. many years. It's pie in a form that you can kind of hold it in your hand. Oh, okay. I usually yeah. shaped different, but hand pies have become popular right now. They have in the store. Wow, it, I love the idea. There's a hand pie truck, and he just pulled up on the alley, and he had people standing in line selling hand pies. And I thought, man, the bakery over there has got to be loving it. Uh, you know, Judy and I, I think we bought a hand pie the other day, but we just called it a little pie because we're not hip. Hambone, hambone, what do you say? Armstrong and Getty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.